0: Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. We are learning about the ways of the kingdom of God through a series of teachings known as parables. If you go to where you listen to your podcasts, you will find in episode 36 a short presentation on what parables are and how we can engage with them. The next parable we'll explore can be found in Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to read first from verses 24 to 30. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So we have another agricultural story here. In the last episode, we saw a farmer sowing seed, which was shown by Jesus to be the Word of God. And we were shown the effect it had when that good seed fell on various soils. The soil in that parable is shown by Jesus to be the people who receive that word. In the parable we're looking at now, Jesus adds a twist that would draw a strong reaction from his audience. He speaks of a deliberate plot hatched by a competitor to damage the sown crop. This was vandalism. This was deliberate and calculated harm. It was the well-being and economy of one party damaged so that another would prosper. The ancient farming community who were listening would be outraged at such a situation. In real life back then, actions like this might have even led to physical harm if they were ever able to get their hands on the culprit. But a greater outrage emerges as Jesus unfolds the parable a little more. The angered farmhands are getting ready for remedial action. They want to get to work right away, correcting the crop and getting rid of the weeds. They look to the farmer for their next action, which is to do nothing just yet. In fact, he instructs the farmhands to let both plants grow. Let them compete for the soil and the water. Let them grow together for a time. The experienced farmer's reasoning is this. Tares are known to us today as darnel. It is a grass that sits in a different genus to wheat. Despite not being related, it looks quite similar to genuine wheat as they start their growth cycle, even though one is a food item and the other is toxic. However, there was a real risk that removing them while the wheat was still green would be to risk also removing the real product. The experienced farmer knew that to maximize the good product in his field, he needed to bide his time for a little while longer. He knew one key thing. In time, the tear would stay green, but the wheat would turn white. Then there would be enough evidence to separate the two products with absolute accuracy, and the good crop would be fully protected. Now, we'll read Jesus' explanation. Bear in mind that this will be the last time Jesus explicitly explains a parable. Matthew 13 verses 36 to 43 says this, Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. We have moved from one focus to another over these last two episodes. The last parable examined our personal being. Seed was being scattered on individuals, and they were being called to respond and grow from it. This parable indicates that the seed is being, or in their context was going to be, scattered much wider. In addition to a personal call and response from just one nation and one people, Jesus is telling the next few parables about the nature of the kingdom of God and its expression to the whole world. This is a global principle at work, with Israel being invited to get back on board with God's worldwide agenda. The Jews, as we know, were anticipating a season of peace and freedom from tyranny and a picture of earthly rule. All of this hinged on the arrival of their Messiah. This would lead to the kingdom of God being established in full, with the Messiah taking his throne in Jerusalem. It was an earthly and temporal position of power, yet the nation saw this as their right under God. But Jesus came in a different way, proclaiming the kingdom of God, but not delivering in full just yet. It was here and at hand, but the full realization of that would not be now, but in eternity. The Jews would have to wait a little while longer while the rest of the world had a chance to catch up so that the entire world could be blessed, just like Abraham was promised. In the meantime, the seed of the word of God would be scattered on the whole world, with believers in Jesus clearly assigned that task. In the last parable, the good seed fell on good soil and disciples, followers and learners of Christ emerged. Then the seed matured, then it bore its own seeds, then it reproduced. As we continue into this parable, the whole world gets the benefit and disciples will continue to sow and produce until Jesus returns. 2 Peter 1 verse 8 tells us the more we grow as disciples, the more productive and useful to the kingdom we become. So the good seed of the word of God would be sown by Jesus on what he describes as the farmer's field, the whole world. It's important at this point to understand that the world is still under the ownership of God. In the Genesis creation account, we are told that man was given the keys to this world which God had made and owns. Man was given a mandate to be stewards of God's world. God's farm, as it were. However, we are told that man fell into sin, and as a result handed much of that authority over to what could be called a new, but definitely bad, steward. I'm speaking, of course, about the serpent, the devil. But despite the sin of man and this subsequent shift in authority, we are reminded through the scriptures that it's still God's name on the title deed of planet Earth. Psalm 24 tells us the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. In Exodus, God tells Moses that the whole earth is his and Israel would be kings and priests of a small part of it. And although there was another steward, God would continue to sow the seeds of his word on the entire world and his seeds were always designed to produce. Psalm 24 tells us the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. In Exodus, God tells Moses that the whole earth is his, yet Israel would be kings and priests of a small part of it. And although there was another steward, Jesus would continue to sow the seeds of his word on the entire world, and his seeds were always designed to produce. The other steward, the devil, still for a season has the keys and remains an influential presence on the earth. And Jesus states here in this parable that the devil has seeds of his own, to sow. His seeds produce something that looks good and convincing enough for people to embrace, thinking they are embracing good. Yet, it will turn out to be a toxic plant. Fighting, war, and strife on the earth exists because somebody somewhere believed the cause was good enough to pursue. The world has been convinced many times over that selfishness and self-seeking are good causes for us as individuals to pursue and the toxic effects of these have been harm, poverty, and all sorts of issues in the world today. The outcome has been toxic. People are hurting, people are sick, people are sinful, and people can even be deemed in the eyes of God and society as purely evil. Yet, even as that occurs, the parabolic wheat is growing in force. There are studies showing that right now 16,000 people every day in Africa are forsaking other religions and embracing the word of God and faith in Christ. 45,000 in China and 15,000 in India give their lives to Christ every single day. People are being healed today. People are being set free today. And people are initiating good, godly change in the world around us today. If you want to hear of some of that good change, take the time to listen to podcasts like Undeceptions by John Dixon or videos by Carl Fayes and his team at Olive Tree Media who produced the series Jesus the Game Changer. There is clear evidence in the world today which shows us that the two seeds in Jesus' parable are being sown and are both growing. And we can identify the two seeds because of the effect they are having. And the same thing that likely outraged Jesus' audience by the lake and the farmers in his parable continues to plague the world today. Why does this supposedly good farmer let both seedlings grow? Why are the tares still among the wheat? Or more directly, why is the world going mad despite the work of the cross and the supposed reality and goodness of God? The answer is in the latter part of the parable. One cannot be dealt with without potential damage to the other. They both need time to show their true colors. They both need to show their fruit before they can be discerned in that way. The reality is that God exercising judgment on the evil of the world right now would in fact take us all out. Even the most obvious evil cannot be judged without God's justice extending wider. The seeds of the evil one are dangerously close to us and to take the sickle to them would also take out the good plants too. But the hope here is that although both will grow, both will have the chance to show what they're really made of. And the white of the wheat will stand tall. It will produce a healthy product and will be clearly seen for what it is. The tares, however, will remain toxic and will remain green. And the parable tells us that in God's perfect time, there will be a harvest and there will be a bonfire. There will be a time of discerning wheat from tares in an environment where our true colors will be laid bare and the state of our heart will be on full display. In other words, the God of heaven will set a time where all that grows in the human race, the product of what the devil has sown, the product of what the Lord has sown, will be fully exposed and the innermost being of us will be judged as wheat or tear. That cannot happen this side of eternity, because we're all in trouble if it did. Now let's reflect together on this. I am aware that this episode is being heard in a number of settings right now. Many are hearing on the radio, and you're coming from a range of backgrounds in life, not always a Christian one. Perhaps you've asked the questions that we've all asked, Where is God when all this bad stuff in the world is going on? Why does God allow bad people to keep on doing what they do? This parable speaks directly into those types of questions, and even reminds us that God is more merciful than we are. Let's remember that in context, Jesus was speaking to people under oppressive Roman rule. They would have loved for God to have come and wiped out all their enemies and judged everyone for their wrongs against them right then and there. However, like the wheat and the tares in this parable, good and evil are a little too intertwined for that to happen on the earth. Also, such an outlook greatly reduces space for sinful people to repent and become righteous as well. Consider this, if God came and judged all evil right now, people who still might not have had a chance to consider the claims of Jesus would inevitably get caught in the crossfire of that. This would have included me before 1987 and perhaps some of you listening right now. But we are assured in this parable that Jesus, the perfect judge, will have the final say. The earth here and now is like the paddock, but eternity is where the harvest and division of wheat and weed is decided. We, in the meantime, are called like the farmhands to be patient, while the wheat and the tares reveal their true identities. We also have a promise in 2 Peter chapter 3, It says this, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Put simply, God has this whole situation under control and right will come out right in the best time possible, giving you and I time to step out of the toxicity of the weeds and be the wheat we are called to be. In my Baptist tradition, we have a small piece of liturgy which is used during a baptism service. It is a question we ask of the person that is about to be baptized, which goes like this. Do you choose today to reject the world, the flesh, and the devil, and instead follow Jesus all the days of your life? In other words, fitting to this parable, will you no longer be a tear, but instead follow Jesus, trust Him, and be transformed into wheat that He keeps at harvest time? If you are looking to go down the path of trusting Jesus, knock on the door of a church in your neighborhood. Call the radio station you're hearing this on, or message me directly on the Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page. And also, stay tuned to the prayer at the end of this episode in about 45 seconds. Now, let me address the long-timer in faith. Friend, what does the seedling of your faith tell you about the authenticity of your faith? Is your faith healthy and life-giving? Is the Word of God firmly planted in good soil in your heart? Is your life a true expression of the kingdom of God in the world? Or is there a worldly toxicity sneaking in? The parable tells us that God didn't sow that bit, but the enemy did. Our challenge in this parable is to reject the toxic things and let our lives be healthy, white, abundant, and seed-bearing the way the good farmer intended for his followers to be. So let's end this episode with a word of prayer. First, that person who needs to trust Jesus with their lives. Would you join me in this moment of prayer? Jesus, there is so much going on in the world around me that fills me with questions and doubt. But I'm being challenged to believe that despite what I see, you have everything firmly in control. So I choose to place my faith in you and trust that what you say is indeed true. You are the perfect judge, and I want to be wheat, not a weed. I ask you to make me righteous through your blood and safe from the judgment to come. And I ask for your help as I learn to trust you more and more. Help me to see your hand at work in the world all around me and in my life as well. Help me to trust that my future is in your hands and that your timing in all things is perfect. I place my full trust in you this day. Amen. And maybe now, the long-timer, if this applies to you. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your patience with the world and with me. I thank you for the health and vitality that comes through your Holy Spirit. And I thank you for the good things that are in store in eternity, which is available through your grace. And I reject this day the toxic things that the enemy wants to sow in me. I affirm what I've said in times past. I turn my back on the worldly way of things and the devil that is sowing destruction in the world. And I too place my full trust in you. I trust you in the here and now, and I trust you with my eternity also. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I look forward to catching up next time.